0: You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates.
1: That stadium is going to be rocking, and heaven help whoever walks in there to play us.
0: Sustain, effort, and violence, you play your ass
2: off.
0: You're watching The Pirate Preview on The Sports Objective. Join us every Tuesday night on YouTube Live as we're joined by beat writers and other media members we take a look at what lies ahead for the Pirates. Now, here are the guys.
3: Here it is a
1: first down. Pirates!
4: Welcome in to the Pirate Preview as we get ready to for a big week on the road again. At Houston, uh, well, in Houston rather, against Rice is what I'm trying to say. The great city of Houston, and with us right now, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from the great city of LaGrange, as ZZ Top talks about, talking about Cal Barber. Yeah, I
0: don't know how great it is, it's all right. Um, uh, what's going on, guys? I uh, I'm just sitting here on the Tuesday night as we look forward to playing the house this weekend. Um, We've we've never won at Rice, uh, just like we Marshall had never won here, and so everybody kept talking about that. So I'm going to talk about how we've never won at Rice, and and uh, see if we
1: can't change that. Let's make history. What's up, Bubba Rosenbaum? Yeah, let's hope um, history changes Saturday night. So, like Kyle mentioned, um, two very forgettable performances are. One one that uh, costs an opportunity to to play for a conference championship, oh, but uh, but yeah, got a little momentum from last week, and but like Matt said, moved on past that, and um, hopefully we can go get our first FBS win of the season Saturday night.
4: Semenza, what's up, man? I, I love the background, by the way. I love what you've Thank done. You. That's a that's an actual wall. At first, I'll tell people in the when. Uh, when I first saw that, I thought that it was like a, like a Zoom call, like you had a fake background, but that's legit. So it uh, looks really good.
3: Thanks, man. Yeah, it's an actual wall. Appreciate that, Dave. Put some work into that one. But uh, yeah, fellas, I tell you, I find myself in a in a in a funny mood today, where I'm just all about business in terms of this football game. Like I'm sick and tired of hearing about Gardner Webb. I told you, I don't want to hear. Another word about Gardner Webb. I don't want to hear coach speak. I don't want to hear about developing quarterbacks. I don't want to hear about indoor practice facilities. I just want to see this team go down to Rice and get a win. That's really kind of where I'm at today.
4: Hey, yeah, Matt. It's all about whether well, TCB. Elvis used to wear a chain. Uh, I don't know if you guys. I'm a big Elvis fan. It's a TCB, and you know what it stood for? Taking care of business in a flash. Taking care of business, and that's what we get yeah, to do. And
0: he had a lightning bolt
4: with the TCB. And there was you taking go. Take care of business in a flash. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Barber. Uh, I tell you, I'm actually, uh, I after the win, I, um, I enjoyed it. But then, like we always talk about, come, I was about to say, like Jimmy Buffett, come Monday. <laughs> but Monday uh, being yesterday, I was kind of like, okay, now it's time to really focus on on rice and. Um, you know, will the ultimate question for the round table? Um, I guess we could get our great uh, folks are chiming in on Facebook and YouTube tonight. Will JT Daniels play? So I'll start with uh Kyle. What do you think? Uh, uh, I'm gonna say, you know, I'm
0: gonna say if 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 he's 50 50, they'll play him, if he's 50 50. Uh, I think we'll play them. They're already zero one in conference. They, um, I, I, I think, he, I, I'm gonna say it'd be fifty. It, it, but then at the same time, do you, you, you want to risk it and then losing for the rest of the year. So I, 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 come back to me, Bubba. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah. I love based it. on
1: the intel I'm getting from J.P. Heath, the voice of the Rice Owls, who we'll hear from in our second half hour tonight. Intel. According to to J.P., um, he will play. And in so, that, sure, that could be smokescreen, but um, based on what he was saying, um, he said it's highly probable that we'll see J.T. Daniels on Saturday night.
0: So what was the injury? Did, did, does he say, was it a high angle sprain, just a regular angle sprain? I mean, I, you know, I, at one point he was crawling to the bench. So, I mean.
1: Yeah, on, honestly, uh, do not recall. You okay, know? so we yeah.
0: may have to deal with uh, old Daniels. That's that Cemenza, what do you think? Cemenza, I know what you're going to say you, you're, you we should do.
3: Yeah, man, you know what's coming. I mean, listen, I, if, I think he is going to try to give it a go for sure, but I want to. I want to test that ankle early and often if I'm Blake Harrell, I'm bringing major heat, major pressure at him right away in that game, try to get him moving a little bit and really test that ankle. And I'm not suggesting in any way that we do anything dirty that, so I want to make that clear, but I want to get after him, and be physical with him and really test it out and see where he's at. Cause I mean, this guy's pretty dynamic, he's having a hell of a year. Um, So, obviously, if you know, you know, we can get him off his mark a little bit, it's going to help.
4: That's a great point, Matt. I hadn't even thought about it. I've been focused so much on which of the quarterbacks will play. But, but then we saw on the message boards, like that means a lot from Rice, like you guys think is that he will play. He's not practicing, but he will play. And we haven't practiced
0: yet. I, at some point of the week, they're going to have to try his ankle.
4: You know, I, um, for me, I, I say he plays, but he, Semenza, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, the way that our defense ramped it up last week, um, I can't say the team we played because we're moving past that, but the way we played <laughs> last week. Oh, uh, good, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week, I think we're. I, I'm not going to pick on the defense because the defense has actually played pretty well for the most part this season. So if we have the performance of the defense like last week, and we have, um, even if it's, uh, say in the thirties, um, I think we have a good chance to beat rice. I really do.
1: Speaking well, of the play of the defense, um, you know, Matt talks about getting pressure on JT Daniels, uh, and obviously testing out that ankle or, or getting him moving, uh, and so forth. But, um, Matt, I know one of the things that Coach Houston was very impressed with with the play of the defense against Gardner Webb was the play of Omar Rogers, uh, the Elon transfer safety. I know you were as well. And tell us what you saw when you when you went back and looked at some of that film, in addition to obviously just what you saw live.
3: Yeah, I mean, and and it's funny. I watched like I noticed this about Omar when I watched his um, his recruiting video, his highlights at Elon he just seems to be a player that's under control um he seems to have a good understanding like a good feel um just for what he's doing in his position and he can definitely make plays like he's got a knack for going up and deflecting balls and high pointing the ball and and making some plays so to me he just looked like a player who was under control um and and I liked the like overall the changes to the secondary last week I, I really liked I thought There were a lot of of positives um, with Antoine Jackson starting at one corner, Ravel, Omar Rogers, and then Julius Wood, Bubba, to answer your question. So um, that could be a combination we see more of. uh, I think we're going to see
4: a lot more of it. By the way, Matt, uh, you bring up a good point that I was going to mention. The two areas that I noticed from last week, and you talked about that, was the secondary. The other was what we talked about. On our prior playback, what about the also the tweaking they did on the offensive line? That was a lot better this week. I know you had Murphy back, but they put ergle back at center. But between those two adjustments, that might be the ticket that we need to right the ship, so to speak. We'll find out. But what do you guys think about between the secondary and uh, and also the offensive line? Well, we're going
0: to find out more about the offensive line against uh, our AFBS defense yeah. line this week, but. Rice's defense has been bad. Their offense has been really good, but their defense has been bad. Um, so I don't know how many yards they're giving up. Bob, I don't know if you have the stats. Um, I know it'll be talked about later uh, with the uh, with with J with JD from uh, Rice. But um, I do.
1: Um, they're giving up approximately 420 yards per game, a little over 420, and then and then uh, I, uh, we should smoke them then. <laughs> And then right at 32 points per game. And, and then uh, some of their numbers on the other side of the ball, um, you know, pretty, pretty alarming uh, in both a good and bad way uh, from their standpoint. Uh, they, they've thrown the ball very efficiently and have a lot of big plays in the passing game. But outside of their their performance on the ground against Texas Southern, obviously an FCS opponent, they have not run the ball well at all uh they they've run um for uh less than 70 yards in each of the other three games and most recently against south florida uh, they ran for one yard so what uh, a credit to JC Daniels and
0: those receivers
1: yeah and they've um they in those three games outside of the texas southern game they've i think they've run for 93 yards on i'm trying to remember at least 65 or 70 carries, maybe more. So they're roughly averaging, you know, one or 1. <laughs> 1.2, 1.3 per carry, which is obviously just atrocious. So if we continue to defend the run the way we have uh, thus far, for the most part, obviously, uh, App State yeah. uh, ha- had a lot of success against us. But uh, otherwise, the Pirates have been pretty, pretty stout against the run. And if we can do that, and make Rice one dimensional uh, against. What will be less than a 100%? J.T. Daniels, at least from you know from his uh, ankle standpoint, uh, things things could uh, look very good for the Pirates. Yeah, and, and that answers
0: even more when you give me their running stats. Yeah, if J.T. If, if JT is uh, is
1: ambulatory, if he can stand
0: up, um, he, he'll he'll uh, he'll play because um, uh, they're clearly relying on him and their receivers for all their offense. Um, well, we got to get right on offense too you know we, we don't know how Flynn's shoulder is um, that, you know that wasn't talked about today during at, at Houstons press conference today so uh, you know I, I don't even remember them asking anything about the quarterbacks unless I missed something but
4: by, uh, by the way guys I had a uh, pirate fan who will, you guys know they'll remain nameless but who said I just wanted this is not from Dave so this is not my question that I'm trying to disguise it's actually a legit question. Do you guys think that Mason should uh based on the way that he played on last week? I know it's uh whatever that team was last week. Darn Webb. We're not supposed to say their <laughs> name anymore. <laughs> oh, oh.
3: You got you Kelly- guys say it as much as you want. It's all right. It's all right. I'm I'm already like, you know, it's all good, man.
4: Um but but based on that, I mean do you give Mason a little bit more credit, like, to start him? Or do you – because no Flynn's injury? Well, I mean, if Flynn is
0: truly injured, yes,
4: of course. I know, but what I'm saying is, like, I know there's a difference between – you always hear uh, Matt and Bubba being and a hurt. player yeah. between hurt and injured. But uh, obviously he's hurt, but how bad is the injury? And then the the question I have is, for my – my question is – this is my question – is do you take the risk of when well, you're talking about JT Daniels? Do you take the risk of putting Flynn out there? And uh, I know we want to win ball games, but what I'm saying is, at the risk of losing him for the whole season, then that's you kind know, of like your insurance policy. It, and Then you have what the
0: shoulder injury is if 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 he's just getting like if it's getting if he's getting like like a deep tissue bruise and it's the you know just something like that where the bruise is sore, where it's like a sore kind of thing um then i think you know i don't really know that you can really make that worse um at some point in the game he may take a hit and he gets aggravated again and is is his shoulder popping out i I don't know we don't know what his shoulder injury is so i guess it depends on what the injury is um if he's throwing the ball like he did in, in the second quarter um late then you don't you don't play him no because um garcia would be more effective but I think it depends on what the shoulder
4: injury is and how bad it is. But my friend, okay, that's my question. My friend is not talking about the injury part of Flynn. He's talking about how that Mason look looked better. Um, come like, I, but I think that's because better than Flynn he means, or better than he had been. No, 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 not better than Flynn.
0: No, well, no, you don't, you don't, you don't start Garcia over Flynn just because Garcia looked better then he has been looking. No, not not unless Flynn's really hurt.
4: Like in other words, well, what his point was is not about Flynn. It's about getting experience for Mason. But you got to win football games at the same time. So, well, what about and,
0: experience for Flynn? I mean, who who
4: who, did, who who named Mason Garcia the 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 you know forever
0: quarterback of East Carolina? Why can't it be Flynn's job? Flynn's got well, two years of eligibility left, right?
3: I mean,
4: yes, he's a I, junior.
3: I thought Mason, when he came in, in the second half last week, I thought he looked more comfortable than he has.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, you know, and that's great. That's what you want to see. My Dang question is away. how much of that, how much of that is because you know, we're playing GW that, that team G and W who I, I just, again, I'm going to say it again, that those players on Gardner Webb really need to look themselves in the mirror this week. Cause that was a terrible performance, but um, I don't know how much to attribute that to Gardner Webb, the fact that we were up big and they were just playing terrible. I think it's
0: more than that. I don't think it's Gardner Roger. Webb. I think it was more that we were up, so
4: he didn't feel pressure. Maybe, yeah. but what if? I mean, it, it's like, um, it's like that same you damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't play him, like he doesn't get experience. If you if you do play him and he gets experience, but yet it's not kind of like Sam Howell on. Sunday, don't get me started about that. Well, I
0: mean, what about Flynn? I mean, like I say, why is Mason?
4: (laughs) Is Flynn not an East Carolina
0: pirate? Also, I mean, unless unless Flynn is injured, what has he done to to be benched?
4: That's well. That's the thing is that my only thing is my thing is not about talent with Flynn. I'm just scared that I know that's part of football for Bubba and Matt to talk about, but I'm just afraid that. If we put him, if he, what I'm saying is if he's not that, if it's just a little banged up, you understand that's part of football. I'm just saying if he is hurt more than our coaching staff oh, is letting on, then you put yeah, him out it, there and then he's done for the year. If he
0: if he keeps on, look, if he's going to get hit to the shoulder and, and, you know, every week if it's something where it's going to be an every week thing where we know at some point he's going to take a hit to that shoulder and he's going to start throwing the ball wildly like he did late against Rice in the second quarter, then uh, you, you play Mason, yeah, uh, if it's an injury question. I mean, Matt. What do you? Th- I mean, you would. you wouldn't yeah. start Mason over Flynn unless it was an injury situation, would
3: you? No, right now Flynn's my starter. Um, obviously, if if he's injured to the point where he's struggling to throw the football, then yeah, you're looking at it. Obviously, starting Mason. But here's the thing my my opinion on this offense right now in this quarterback situation. Every game, I'm preparing both of those guys to play a lot, and. I have no problem rotating back and forth and trying to find the hot hand. Um, so in other words, let's say Flynn starts this game, right? And he comes out and he's two for eight and he's, you know, he's, he's just not accurate. And I have no problem bringing in Garcia in that situation um, and vice versa. I'm just trying to find the hot hand and, and yeah. stick with it for that game. Cause I think that's where we're at. I just don't oh, think either one of them has separated to the point. say. This is my starter.
0: I, I don't think Rice is that talented on defense. So, Flynn is smart. And he knows the offense. So, if his shoulder is healthy, I, I think he could probably if, – if, 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 if his shoulder is healthy, I think he could have a really nice performance being a game manager against Rice because um, he knows the offense. So, I, I, I don't know that Rice is any more talented on d- defense than, you know, than Gardner Webb is, honestly.
4: Um, that's yeah. that's yeah. That was the thing, fellas, is that um, the other question I have is uh, if if let me do my Kyle. If we're way ahead of Rice, I don't think we will be. But no, if, it's going to be a close game. I agree. But if if so, for some reason we were, dude, do, do, do you put Jeter in? Because Jeter actually looked a lot better than he looked. Way more polished than what I expected to be a, a true freshman.
0: Well, you only got you know four games you can play him in. Um, so if like let's pretend like J.T. Daniels doesn't play, or they put him out there in the first quarter and he can't go, and 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 then somehow we are up in the fourth quarter, say tw- twenty-eight to ten, or thirty-one to ten with like four minutes to go in the fourth, um, and you got the ball, maybe, um, maybe, but then again, you know, if you've been playing, um. Flynn all game at that point and put Mason in then. You're only going to get so many opportunities. You you, you got four opportunities you can play um, the young man without burning this red shirt. So um, you're not going to have so many. So if you get in a situation like that, maybe, because um, you don't play it in one game. So like I said, you got three more opportunities and there probably won't be that many opportunities. And I don't think that opportunity is going to come this week unless Daniels doesn't play or he goes out in the first quarter.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Whoever we do, whoever gets the bulk of the action at quarterback for us, it's a great opportunity. We might not see a pass defense this bad for the rest of the year. I mean, if you look at Rice, they're 114th in the country in total defense. They give up 419 yards a game. Wow. All right. But you look where it's coming from, and Bubba mentioned this, most of the yards they give up are in the passing game. They're 119th in pass defense.
4: What about run defense, um, Matt?
3: They give up 275 yards a game through the air um run defense dave they are 83rd they give up about 145 a game so they're pretty
0: and that's probably because people are throwing on that it could be a lot because people are throwing on them more what is their yards per average on the in the run defense matt do you
3: see that 144 they give up per game and they're 83rd in the country so i mean a lot of opportunities for our offense this week. This is not a great defense we're facing. Um, Now they've played some really good teams you know, so stats can be deceiving. They played Houston. They've played Texas. Um, They played, they got, you know, I was surprised that South Florida was able to hang that many points on them. That surprised me a little bit. I think that's a good sign for us, but um, they're definitely susceptible. So whoever the quarterback is, and hopefully Flynn is healthy, um, it should be an opportunity for a big day.
4: Yeah, you set yeah, up the action. I mean, you set up, you set up the. Um, obviously, I think with our run game, can do very well if the offensive line plays the way they did last week. Then you you have the run game. You set that up for the play action, right? If you get oh, no the run doubt.
3: game going, yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah, because I feel like the. That's the other thing. How many? I well, think we don't most... do enough
3: of that, Dave. We don't do enough of that. And I think that's kind of been my issue with this offense this year is we don't do a great job of setting things up. Um, you know, just moving the pocket, setting up play action. It just seems like we're always trying to find something different. We, and, and Kyle used this word a lot in the last show identity. We haven't found out what, what our identity is on offense yet. And, um, I just think we need to see more of those things, play action, move the pocket. Um, set up plays you know and that's that's really kind of what i'm looking for right now how
4: about the uh those hitch routes or those bubble screens uh maybe you and Bubba. i mean to me when i saw that when i saw rajay when and um when they were getting more active as far as wide receivers or the running backs that to me it kind that's the kind of stuff i'm like finally i was like looking at my phone and watching it on espn Plus, and I'm going, why in the world can we not have more of that? And, you know, like, in other words, it seemed to me that things were more creative. Uh, it wasn't the same old, same old, like the, you know, uh, one of our friends on Facebook put, it was uh, said that it was the offense from 1903 <laughs> uh, after three games. Uh, that was a comment after the app state game. But uh, for me, there seem to be more wrinkles that we haven't seen in the offense uh, this past week. And I know it was uh, everybody can say the level of competition. They can say cupcake and all that stuff. We still hung 44, and the defense got a shutout for the first time uh, since 2000. And, guys, did you know that our good friend, you know, Terry Gallagher, he was on the 1978 team. The last time, the fewest amount of points that um, we allowed was 1978. So to me, everybody can talk about competition all they want to. Um, but that defense You mean yards. Yeah.
0: He said points.
4: Well, okay, total yards. Well, it's talking about total yards. The total yards were um that you had to go all the way back to 78. So, um, and that's one of the best defenses we've ever had as a 78 team. So for me Wild Dogs. Um, yeah. And during that era and so it's not the same to compare the eras i'm just saying that the performance was better than a lot of our fans give it credit for and and the true test like matt like you said and you guys well, with the defense is the fact that here you are you have a FPS opponent you've never beaten them on the road there at rice here's your chance right now to really i know i'm gonna do my mat right now you can make a statement you can make a statement this week and all those people they want to coach Houston fired and all those people that were in the panic room. It's funny. All of a sudden guys, we can find ourselves uh, two and three and knocking at the door on that game. that Bubba wants to see so bad the uh, SMU game on Thursday night on the 12th.
0: Yeah. It'd be a big win if we can get it. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's where we are. Unfortunately, Rights would be a big win, but it would be. And, and we need to, we need, to, we need to capitalize on it. and you know, we need to go down to Houston and find a way to win, and they're thinking the same thing. You know, they pulled off an upset against Houston. They're 0-1 in conference. They're back at home. Uh, it, it, you know, in their minds, this is a must win for them too. So you, you, got, you got two teams that, that are, you know, in similar situations in terms of needing this ball game. Um, I think we may need it a little worse than they do, but in conference play, they need it. If they have any aspirations of playing for a conference championship,
1: a little bit more about the uh, Rice pass defense, though. Byron Brown, the South Florida quarterback. Now, struggling against Alabama is one thing, but the first two games, Western Kentucky, 15 out of 34 for 166, a touchdown and two picks. Game two against Florida A&M, 20 out of 34, 197, three touchdowns and no interceptions. So not bad numbers at all, but um, in – his first three games he had not thrown for more than 197 yards and then he goes 22 of 29 for 435 and two touchdowns no interceptions against rice so he throws for more in that one game easily more in that game than he did his first three and throwing for 435 yards on 22 completions in less than 30 attempts that was pretty impressive so so hopefully um
0: Have you seen any film? Was that deep balls mostly or was that yards after catch?
1: He he definitely hit some deep balls. Um, I'm not sure um, as far as it's probably a combination of the two when you throw for that much. But uh, let's hope that happens twice for another passing offense that has largely struggled. Uh, Maybe uh, Alex Flynn and Mason Garcia can uh, can put up similar numbers on Saturday night.
0: I can see it coming right now. You're going to start Flynn. He's going to be playing well. Then you're going to bring Mason in. and They're going to run him a couple times. Then he's going to throw a bomb. About an 80-yard touchdown pass. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. Flynn's going to start the game. going to be playing well. You're going to put Mason in. They're going to run him a couple times. and Then he's going to throw a bomb. I'm calling it now. That's
1: something I want to, when Mason is in, and I know we we certainly struggled to protect at times, no doubt, but We've heard about we've heard about Mason's arm. I w- I want to see him off play action and just you know uncork one about 55, 60 yards to to Josiah Hatfield, even if we don't complete it. Yeah,
0: I want to see him attempt it exactly. And and uh, I really do believe though, if if Flynn's smart and he knows this offense and against that pass defense, if Flynn is healthy, I think he could have a a, a breakout type performance numbers wise against uh, against these guys.
4: Yeah, that would be a a great thing is to see Flynn come out and do well. And then you have, uh, like you talked about, uh, maybe they can get a a big lead and put Mason in for a while. Or do you just keep the guy with the hot hand the entire game? You know, I... like baseball where you bring a pitcher in and then you got to take him out and you can't bring him back in. Yeah,
0: yeah. it it depends on... I I think it's a close game, I guess... It depends on if we were to get a big lead, um, but I I personally think it's going to be a close game. So I think you got to kind of stick with stick with the hot hand if it's a close game. Yeah. Guys, I, do you, with with, with like, well, let me ask you both of you guys. Matt, I don't mean to cut you off, but both of you, uh, Bubba too, being you played quarterback with, May, with without knowing what with, what Flynn's shoulder injury is, it's not a situation where he just isn't used to throwing the ball that much, is it? I mean, to be sure, in practice he's getting enough reps. It's not just getting sore sore because
1: it's getting tired because he's getting tired. I, it, that uh, not not it. at all. Uh, I would. I mean, now he may. You know, I, I think it's strictly comes from that um, App State game where that second good drive of that game. Uh, you know, late in the first half, from about two minutes to go in the half, he he ran the ball probably three or four times on that drive, and I think he sustained a a hit or two on that drive even though it may not have looked like a big blow um but something there um, obviously because he did not play the the final possession of the first half Mason Garcia came in and then Alex came back to start the second half and um of course we didn't we didn't have nearly as much success just 40 or 45 yards of uh-huh. offense after halftime you
0: watched him on the sidelines. They didn't pop his yeah, shoulder you, back in or anything, did they?
1: Not that I noticed. Um, I, it was certainly nothing like I saw with Holton last year against NC State. And then, you know, again later in the year uh, at Cincinnati, uh, where it was an ongoing thing. I just saw saw him, you know, you could tell he's trying to stretch it out and doing some arm circles and so forth.
0: Deep tissue bruise, something like that.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you, it is. It's definitely reason for concern, though, because you mentioned it earlier, Kyle, in that second quarter the other night, um, he was struggling to get the ball out. And at first I thought maybe it was the wet ball. I thought it was the rain. But then he started, you know, one hopping, um, mm-hmm. you know, like a wide receiver screen, which is a relatively easy throw. And then I, I, I remember like a 10 yard hitch that didn't even come close to the receiver. That yeah, injury could be a little more serious than we know about. Yeah. That's um,
1: the it,
3: yeah. I mean, it it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but um, you know, we're not going to know because Mike Houston's going to play that close to the best. And most likely when that game starts, that's going to be the, you know, the, the, the <sighs> yeah. first the first time we know anything.
0: It'll be a shame if he can't go. He really will. I, Cause I really, I like him against that defense a lot. Um, and I'm not saying Mason can't do it, but Mason's well, going to have to. Mason's going to have to show us that, that he that, that he can do it. He's going to have to show. I I know he's got the ability to do it, but he's going to have to show us that he can actually manage do it when, when a game's on the line, not you know when it's late in the fourth quarter. So
4: guys. We got to give Jr. a cigar or something. Uh, maybe his favorite drink. Matt, you got some more drinks for him. You're the great bartender of the sports. Anytime, injector.
3: Jr. Anytime, look at, man. Look at I this. Uh,
4: He says, pro football focus rates Daniel number 48, Mason number 69, and Flynn number 86 on passing grades. I find that fascinating. I thought it would be between Flynn and Mason. I thought it would be the other way around.
1: And Obviously, I I have no doubt that those are the real – numbers and that's factual information but that's that's an example of statistics lying i mean that you can use statistics i mean and that's not a shot at mason whatsoever it's just because mason you know played played very well the other night nine out of 12 and did some nice things um looked a little more comfortable and i know that's with the 30 point lead against the fcs team but um still it's great to see and coach Houston talked about that on his radio show. And then also uh, today at his press conference, perhaps, but, um, yeah, Alex and had several drops as well. Um, so that factors into Mason having a 58 completion percentage compared to just 50 for Alex.
3: You know, that's one thing I really want to see this week, Bubba. Um, I really want to see us get through a game with no drops. These drops are killer. There were several big plays last week. The, the very first possession comes to mind on an RPO uh, slant to Sowell over the middle. That would have been a first down. And then even um, there was a play late in the game where Mason scrambled to his left. Rajay was, um, it looked like he was just kind of in scramble mode. And Mason threw a very nice ball to Raj, a drop right in his hands, um, but he wasn't able to bring it in. We're having too many drops like that. Yeah. You know, it's it's one thing to do it against a team like we played last week, but when you're playing a team like this that can score a lot of points, we have got to clean up those drops. It's just too often. It's too many. And uh, you know the coaching staff's talking about it, right, Bubba?
1: No doubt. And, and that's something Mason, as you just pointed out, has certainly – had multiple passes dropped as well. Uh, but you also, when Mason's in the game, you know, because of, you know, where he is in his development, um, the play calling's a little bit different. Um, we know we can throw the ball down the field a little bit more with with Alex um, than we've been able to up to this point with Mason. So you have to take that into consideration, perhaps a few more um, – underneath throws and some easier completions and all throws to running backs and things of that nature. And, uh, but hopefully, uh, hopefully whichever, or if we see both um the, they'll perform well on Saturday night, obviously.
4: Yeah. I was going to ask you guys that very thing is that, do you think my question is, do you think that, um, Houston, I've been wanting to ask you this two, two mm-hmm. weeks. I just don't know me. I'm getting old, guys. I forgot to ask you this, but do you think that the Houston is finally realizing that uh, I better get uh, my quarterbacks in uh, to like like in the old days under Logan um, because they failed the quarterbacks. You hear that so much this year um, because we had Holton for five years that they didn't get any work in for you know for Garcia except for the Navy game in 2020. Uh, Jeter wasn't with the program, so it doesn't matter. But do you guys feel that way that maybe that they're learning a lesson? And they say, hey, we've got to get the guys in, not Jeter because he's under the red shirt, you know, that you want to, you don't want to burn that um, for unless there's, unless all hell breaks loose. Well, and- I
0: mean, well, besides Jeter, the other two are in the mucks of a quarterback competition. So, I mean, I don't think anything's been settled yet 100%. So, yeah, you need to keep playing them both. I- I did find it interesting they put Jeter in, but that did surprise me. Did that surprise you guys the other night? Uh, Matt, uh, Bubba, did we?
1: I was surprised uh, on one hand, uh, just kind of based on history and, yeah. um, like you said, um, getting some more reps for for Mason. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, you know, Matt, uh, how about you?
3: I liked it. You know, I liked it. I, um, You know, I I wanted to see, try to get a look at Jeter. And in that very small sample size, I was impressed with what I saw in terms of he looks like a really fluid athlete to me. He's got really good size um, and he looked comfortable, I thought. So, you know, you get the four games before you burn your red shirt. So I didn't have a problem with it. Um, You know, I, I, I thought it was kind of fun to see what he had to offer. And I
4: was yeah, you, he I,
1: I liked it. I was just say, saying it more from the angle that I, I was a little surprised that we did it. Not necess- not that I disagreed with doing it because, like you said, you get those four games, and that's kind of I understand we were in a lot of close games, um, and there really weren't uh, a ton of opportunities for Mason to get that time. But you know, the couple times that those opportunities did present themselves, whether it's twenty twenty one Temple or last year, and I know we played against. Campbell, but that game was well in hand, and I thought he could have probably gotten in a little bit earlier than what he did. But, but, uh, yes, I'm all for, and, you know, getting those guys snaps uh, whenever the opportunity's right. And, and then, um, and, you know, if, they're, if they're prepared for it, uh, like Coach Logan did with uh, a Dan Gonzalez or uh, a, a David Garrard when Bobby Weaver was starting early on in uh, Garrard's time as a pirate, and then, Also, uh, Richard Austin with with David Garrard. Yeah, you have the – and the
4: very fact that – that's what my point is about how they learned their lesson because you have the four games like we talked about. You have a a, a tremendous lead. They're not coming back on us. And I think that uh, getting those reps in now for Jeter, he I think he has the potential to be a starter here and – you know, kids today, like uh, Matt is always looking. He's our transfer portal expert. If you guys, uh, go ahead, Now I was just going to say quickly that he's our transfer portal expert. So these kids are not waiting around to. You know, we talk about development all the time, but at the same token, um, they they want playing time. And so, if you show a kid, hey, you're doing well. You're you're learning the playbook. You're doing everything we ask you and we're going to be careful not to burn the redshirt unless we absolutely desperately have to. Um, I thought it was great because uh, the kid was – I didn't expect him to – I'm not saying that he's a great quarterback like right now, uh, experience-wise. I'm just saying he looked way better than what I expected. Well, he looked more comfortable and with a yeah. bunch of
0: backups in than um, than than you would expect. It. Um, if you haven't listened to the fifth quarter, um, go back and listen to it. Anybody out there? Not that we're advertising for pirate radio, but they um, it, it became a, a a trend on that show, a, a running joke, and it's a joke. The different quarterbacks that they were comparing Jeter to it was it, it was tremendous. They were, you know, it was people were comparing him to Marcus Crandall, James Pinkney, Brett Favre. It was fantastic.
1: Um, and then it, and then in, uh, it even evolved into a you know Chuck Norris kind of thing as far yeah. as. You know, Raheem Jeter is saving uh, saving babies from burning buildings, et cetera. Yeah, it was it was it was great. Um, but I uh, I listened to that the network. It was it was it was
0: amusing. Um, but no, I two things, a couple things about playing Jeter. One, I don't think you know you 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 either one of the quarterbacks have has solidified themselves as being the the guy going forward. You know, meaning for years to come. So. He can transfer portals the thing, so yeah, you, you maybe have that in mind with Jeter. You want to make sure you keep him happy. Um, two uh, going back to um Flynn's shoulder, there's two schools of thought. School you know, we, we thought we were going to get Mason more snaps because he might have to play more if Flynn's shoulder is bad. Then it may also makes me wonder. Um, so that makes me think, well, oh, maybe his shoulder ain't that bad if they if they brought Jeter in. Then I thought about it the other way. Maybe (laughs) it's one of his shoulders worse, and that's why they felt the need to get Jeter playing time. Hopefully, it had nothing to do with Flynn's shoulder, they were just getting the kid playing time. I'll
3: tell you, I'll tell you one thing, fellas, like, regardless of who plays quarterback and you know who's healthy and this and that, one thing I really am dying to see this week, Kyle from LaGrange Barber, is we have to get. Shane Calhoun involved in the offense. I
4: agree. So he doesn't drop a pass.
3: You know, this is the thing, right? You have younger or less less experienced quarterbacks, and you have a lot of drops happening. All right, almost every single game. You have your most sure-handed receiver in this case, a tight end, Shane Calhoun.
0: He's a big target.
3: Wouldn't you want to get him the ball? Wouldn't you want to get him the ball? I mean, it to me, it just makes no sense. Like, if I'm Shane Calhoun right now, I'm very frustrated with the lack of targets my way. Um, he, I just feel like we need to get more creative um, and really get him involved in the offense because he's a weapon that's not being utilized.
4: Guys, did you see how many I times um, he was wide open? He was wide open a lot, and uh, we are talking about – uh, being the tight end is a mismatch there. And i tell you another thing. You were talking about, you guys were right on the money about drops, how many drops we've had this year. That dude does not drop passes. I can't think of uh, off the top of my Boy, head. Well, you're jinxing
0: him, Dave. Dave.
4: <laughs> not intentionally. <laughs> He's not butterfingers. Let's just, let's just put it that way. Uh, you
0: got to get the ball in his hands more. I agree 100%, don't we? You know, we got some – yeah, I think you, you – look, you got to get, get the ball in his hands more. You got to get the ball in Jalen Johnson's hands more. You got to get the ball, um, Soul. Uh, soul, yeah. Well, yeah, Soul. You know, he,
4: he, he. Um, Davis Bond is. Are you Bond is a guy. Yes, he, you got yeah. to get
0: him. You pass it to him in space. Get, get him, get him in hey, space.
4: You know that uh, with that Bond kid, he not to say he's the same, but you remember when we had um, Dwayne Harris and you and you put him out and you you give him one of those bubble screens and you create space for him. That, that's the thing for me is that a kid like Bond, you know, Rajah uh, Harris, like if it's close to the goal line, I can see doing it. But as far as like Bond, you give him one of those uh, short passes and that dude can like, he is lightning fast. I w- I've was right. i been really impressed with how fast he is.
0: Yeah, we got to throw him the ball more. Now, one thing I will say to Rajah, and he did have that drop w- from Mason, Rajah does have pretty good hands. He catches the ball pretty well.
4: Yeah, you could tell that he was really mad at himself that it, it was really it was right there. Yeah, and
0: he done normally does a pretty good job for a running back catching the ball. I love throwing it to the running back. And if I if I was offensive coordinator, you, I, fans would probably get aggravated with me about how often I would throw it to the running backs.
3: So, you know, back to the Calhoun topic. I wanted to ask uh Bubba a question since Bubba was a quarterback. I mean, Bubba, when you're when you're a young quarterback who's trying to find your way in an offense. I would think the first thing you really want to do is find a safety valve, somebody who you can depend on, um, somebody who you can always check it down to. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's the guy. And it's just – it's it's very bizarre to me, right? What are, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, multiple offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches of mine, you know, really – stressed and impressed uh, upon me, um, just, you know, not only is a good running game the quarterback's best friend, but in the passing game, you know, you know, uh, don't forget your check down and you know, the tight end can be the quarterback's best friend, um, oftentimes forgot about. Something I like to see us do with Shane is uh, or a couple things. You know, when we utilize tempo the way we did early against Gardner-Webb, You know, something that Lincoln Riley would do. I I remember when we went up tempo against North Carolina in 2014, he lined up Bryce Williams as a tackle and slipped him down the seam. I'd like to see us do something like that, maybe line him up, uh, Shane Calhoun, that is, you know, tackle eligible, so to speak. Uh, And then also um, a tight end delay. A tight end delay can be, you know, very effective, you know, where you're blocking or you appear to be blocking a thousand one, a thousand two, and then, and then you release um, something like that would be potentially very effective as well.
4: No doubt about it. We have a Bubba. I know you also, have also a, tight,
1: tight end screen. So,
4: sorry, Dave. No, I was just going to pitch it to you. I know from a, a viewer, we have a question. I was going to throw a pitch that to you. All right. Well, let's see. Where is it?
1: Uh, Okay, I don't, see if you can find it um we'll come back to it i've got it all right it, uh, the question go. is how are the players
4: going to react to coaching this week so that's a qu- question i'll pitch to you guys yeah that
1: was that was submitted to us um, via text um, by tom earnhardt i you think know, they're gonna coach. quit the team i appreciate tom timing in uh obviously this team after the zero and three start uh Handled that very well. Um, most people thought it would be a fairly competitive game against Gardner Webb. We came out and it was never close. It was never in doubt, and so that that showed me a lot. And uh, Coach Houston, you know, very impressed. And obviously, he's not going to say um, negative things publicly, but uh, he, he's probably a little more forthright in certain situations than most. And um, and and I think that uh, I think this team. Will handle its first small taste of success, and I emphasize small small taste of success because it is an FCS opponent. Uh, I think that they're I think they're hungry to uh, get conference play off on the right foot against Rice, and uh, I don't think it'll be any concern uh, at all. What do you think, Matt? Because you obviously were on that '97 team where not much success early in the season, but that many people on that roster had been a part of a lot of success in, in 94, 95, and 96, or at least one of those years. Uh, so, and then you were able to reel off four wins in the last five games.
3: Yeah. I mean, that, that was tough. I can tell you guys that, that is the year we went up to the carrier dome and That's we got smoked at Syracuse. And that was probably one of the most embarrassing, definitely the most embarrassing games I've ever, I've ever been a part of and, I can tell you practice that week was it was not fun. Uh it was intense. Um there was definitely some finger pointing going on. Um I had my own issues that week with um defensive coordinator Paul Jett. Um love you coach, but uh definitely had my issues that week with him personally. Um You know, so those things do go on. But, you know, I I think it's still early enough in the season, and this is a a team that um, they're still trying to find their way. So what they need to do is stick together. You know, stick together. Don't point fingers. You know, keep working towards the common goal. And that's really what you have to do because once guys start pointing fingers and doing the blame game and uh, bringing negativity into the locker room, that's when things can start to fall apart. And I don't think we're – near that point yet, so I feel pretty confident that the team's in a good spot. Yeah, and uh, after, after a win,
0: um, I, I, Matt and Bubba both, but after wins, the old adage that you always hear, that the coaches can actually be tougher on you after a win. Is that true, Matt? Do you, does that hold up?
3: Uh, it definitely can be. I mean, it definitely can be. You kind of see, uh, over the course of a season, you kind of see a little bit of everything. Coaches trying to pull out every trick to to motivate their team. And um, I've definitely seen that where you're coming off a win, coaches will be even tougher or sometimes, you know, they'll give you a little pat on the back, but um, you kind of see a little bit of everything.
4: My question, I'm sorry, Bubba, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Like Matt and uh, Matt saying, I mean, coaches can definitely, you know, just to, you um, I, mean, I remember coach Logan, I mean, you uh, know, and obviously, this was at a press conference, but uh, many of those guys, uh, Matt's teammates and otherwise, that played for uh, Coach Logan from '92 to 02 during the during those eleven years, um, um, addressed that uh, when, when we had them on the show, just talking about how Coach Logan was in practice uh, after after a, a win, on uh, just making sure that they were focused. On um, you know after after beating Miami. I remember uh, John McMillan, uh, you know, who he did not play for Coach Logan, obviously. he He's um, an East Carolina alum from back in the, the mid-'70s, but he became fairly close friends with Coach Logan and his parents, and he was just saying that after that game against Miami at Carter-Finley that he was exchanging a few words with Coach, and Coach was already talking about, he said, we can't let this linger. We we have to get ready for Army.
4: Yeah. And you know, guys, uh, there was a question after the App State game, and I, I don't think I addressed it on the Pirate preview, but there were a lot of people that I was talking to at work in different places, and has, uh, you know, the coach lost the locker room? Uh, the way that they played on Saturday night, I think it answered that question, um, that, you know, if he had really lost the locker room, they wouldn't play that way. I mean, don't you guys think that? I mean, that's –
0: I don't – I never – I. I
4: I didn't think I thought it was uh, very dramatic of a thing. I didn't think that we were at that point.
0: No, no, the defense. You know, the, the defense certainly um, looked, you know, as as, as good as they could possibly look Saturday night, and the offense seemed to feed off that. And that's and and we got the interview uh, that that yep. Bubba did earlier that we're gonna go through in a minute. But and that's talking about creating an identity. Well, I think what our identity. In a lot of ways, may has to be is for offense to feed off the defense, and I go, I guess that goes without saying, I'm playing complimentary football. But to me, when you force a turnover, or we get a three and out, I think at that t- those times you got to tell the offense, we got to score now. If defense just forced a turnover. Defense just got a three and out. We got to score now. I think that maybe has to kind of be what our identity is going to be. Uh, with we're we're an offense that feeds off what the defense gives us, and. You can win a lot of football games doing that if, if when you if you can convince those guys, hey, you know, we just forced a turnover, hey, we, defense just got a three and out, go capitalize, and they just you know get you know they just yeah. does that make sense? What yeah. I'm trying to say makes sense?
4: Yeah, especially Matt when, and Bubba when the uh, guys when you think about it, all these games are 50 50 games. I know I've said that a lot, 50 50 games, but Kyle brings up a great point. Is if they're 50 50 games and you know they're going to have, they're going to be tight, um, you have less and less opportunities. You can't keep blowing your opportunities, especially if you think about it. One of the issues for me is that the offense has played not well and you're putting that defense right back on the field, you know? So if nothing else, you're helping out the defense by letting them rest and, and not have a 3 and out, 3 and out, 3 and out. I mean just over and over again every once in a while score. Uh you need to have long that's one thing I'll give cr- uh credit to Houston. If you can get that running game going, that long sustained drives, um then the defense plays even better. Don't you think, Matt? Less pressure yeah, on abso- defense.
3: Absolutely. Com- Complementary football, you know, and you know, Ruffin McNeil used to talk about this a lot. Um, that w- this was always like a big topic for him in his press conferences, complimentary yeah. football, where, you know, no different from when you get a three and out, right, you want to capitalize offensively. Or if you get a turnover um, in plus territory, you want to capitalize on that. Um, you know, same thing with the special team. So, you know, exactly. The fourth side of the ball, that's right. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I-,
0: I can hear rough in my head right now, Matt.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that was that was great. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and I'll do my roughing real quick, then we'll go to the interview. But uh, listen, well, if anybody else got something to say. But uh, I, I remember roughing. He, he would go. He'd go he would he, go. You got to play comp, complimentary football. again. you know, you got all three sides of the ball: offense, defense, special team. You got to feed off each other. There's actually four sides of the ball because the sideline. So you all got to feed off each other. Hey, yo, KB, what, what's going on, brother? I'm just impersonating you,
4: Coach. (laughs) That's good, Bubba. Yeah, Bubba, we're doing the Pirate Preview, and I know earlier this afternoon you had a chance to uh, talk to the play-by-play
1: voice, right? I did. J.P. Heath, um, longtime play-by-play voice of the Rice Owls, and we we caught up with him. And uh, let's go ahead and go to that conversation right now. He and I chatted for right around a half hour talking about the Owls joining the American and um, the Pirates and Owls meeting on the gridiron for the first time since 2010. Athletic Conference, welcome into the show for the first time, J.P. Heath. J.P., we appreciate your time.
2: Howdy, howdy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you.
1: No doubt. Uh, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, Like I said, first time on the show, Uh, we've been covering East Carolina Athletics for about six years and doing this. Uh, Certainly a labor of love, but I'm glad to have you on to talk about the Pirates and the Owls um, doing battle at Rice Stadium Saturday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN+. But as you take a look at Mike Blumgren's ball club, uh, you know, two and two, it's, it seems like kind of a mixed bag from at least afar. Uh, you, you led Texas after a quarter, and from that point on, it was largely all Longhorns. But then you picked up that thrilling double overtime win, which was a tail of two halves against the Houston Cougars. You blew out FCS Texas Southern fifty-nine seven. And then you had a late lead in the third quarter against South Florida before the Bulls came out victorious. So if you would, you know, kind of tell us about the first four games of the um the rice season.
2: Well, like you said, outside of the scores, the storyline coming into the year was uh, Coach Bloomgren's sixth season and getting JT Daniels at <clears throat> quarterback, excuse me, and just seeing him navigate. He struggled in the first game, Rice against, obviously, what's proved now, uh, a really good Texas team. Uh, Rice did a few good things, but the, the interior was uh, too big of a matchup, and Played Texas close for a lot, but led a lot of uh, possession stall in the red zone. And then going in that next game against the Cougars, uh, double overtime. It's It was everything that you would think a rivalry game should be. And it lived up to that billing. And Rice knocked away a two-point conversion try in the second overtime and beat the, the Cougs' crosstown uh, rivalry. So a lot of uh, juice and vitriol involved in that one. Uh, and Daniels was was much better in that one. And in the, the game against TSU, it went about as you would expect. Uh, the Owls really ran the ball well in that game, and they won fifty nine to seven. And then last week at South Florida, man, a tale of like two and a half quarters versus the last quarter and a half. Uh, the the final score was not indicative of how close that game it was for most. There was five lead changes in the first two and a half quarters. Daniels again was spectacular. He's a friggin' magician, man. He was pulling stuff out of the hat and he got, got dinged up later in the game. We hope to have him back this week and uh, all signs are pointing to him coming back again, but just gave up too many big plays. Uh, I think I saw the nugget that there were five plays that were over 40 yards and uh South Florida receiver Simmons set the school record in receiving yards and it was just one of those games where they they felt like they left a lot of meat on the bone, is the way Coach Bloomgren described it today at his presser. So that's kind of the three-minute extended version, but it, it's, it's been a largely positive uh, first season. Now, you're not really the sum of what your last game is, but when you look on a whole, uh, it's still been a productive season so far, but I know that there's so much of the season left, too.
1: Right. Um, Big storyline that we talked about uh, with Matthew Bartlett leading into the season. JT Daniels, so highly acclaimed coming in from West Virginia, Um, obviously began his career at USC, then the time at Georgia where he was the starter for for some of those games. But um, JT Daniels, uh, from afar, it looks like he's largely lived up to the hype.
2: Yeah, he. It's it's hard to. I'm trying to think of something that's not another sports analogy, but those point guards that make uh, everybody better. The quarterback in this case, hey, hey, genius. There's your uh, great analogy, uh, but he just makes so many of his receivers better. Going into that last game, uh, he had six different receivers catch balls of 30 yards or more. Uh, tied his career high in passing or passed his career high in passing in the last three weeks, he's had two career high games. So he keeps passing his great um, expectations that are already high coming in. And when he went out, you saw a stark change when uh, AJ Padgett came in. But I mean, he was the number one overall recruit in the nation. If you go back a few years and uh, much ballyhooed, if you read the, kind of bio pieces on him. The athletic had a good long one from a great author named Sam Kahn a few weeks ago. He he just, he fits in well here at Rice. We do a lot of things differently around here and he's so cerebral and he's a guy that is, is all is cracked up to what he, the, the billing he is, he makes a lot of guys better and uh, just hope that we have a lot of more games with him uh, in this season.
1: East Carolina head coach Mike Houston uh, talking about uh, A.J. Padgett uh, said that, yep, yeah, J.T. Daniels is certainly an uh, you know, NFL caliber arm and uh, has thrown for over 1,200 yards. But A.J. Paget certainly very capable of uh, guiding this offense. So tell us a little more about him and what he brings to the table.
2: Yeah, he would be the guy if uh for whatever reason uh Daniels is not able to go on Saturday every indication is that he will be ready uh Padgett started the bowl game against Southern Miss threw for 290 yards uh and he's he's not the the deep ball threat or um the the, obviously the big cannon it's hard to compare anybody to JT but AJ doesn't have that deep range um, on the on the long ball, but he's he's been accurate. And keep in mind, this is a guy who's a true freshman. Last year, started two games late in the year, the season finale game, and then that bowl game I mentioned when Rice was going through the turnstile of quarterback. So, uh, very heady kid. Uh, the the t- his teammates voted him uh, the the top freshman on the team last year with with what he went through. Uh, so he was kind of ahead of the curve last year being thrust into that duty when they went to their fourth different starting quarterback in the season. But now uh, he's, he's caught up. Uh, Things have slowed down a bit for him. And thinking is if rice didn't go to the portal next year, pageant would be QB one or one a, at least be in the battle for that starting spot next year. So while he's no JT Daniels uh, the coaching staff obviously has a lot of confidence in him.
1: One of the guys that they had to distribute the ball to um, is certainly Luke McCaffrey. Leads the team, 20 receptions, 370 yards, four touchdowns, 18.5 yards per reception. East Carolina head coach Mike Houston raved over McCaffrey, just saying that uh, the Pirates have played a very strong schedule with the likes of Michigan, Marshall, and and App State uh, prior to Gardner-Webb. And just saying that Luke McCaffrey is quite possibly – the, the best receiver East Carolina's has faced thus far.
2: Yeah, that's it's interesting to know, uh, to hear what other coaches not only think, but how he stacks up. And I would say, I mean, I, I definitely would uh, cede to coach the football knowledge, the X's and O's, of course. But man, McCaffrey is special. Uh, originally the starting quarterback, for those that don't know the backstory, Christian McCaffrey's younger brother, Ed McCaffrey for us old timers. We remember him. Uh, Winning Super Bowls for the Broncos and uh, played for the Bucks too. So he—he's the what's a good way to put it? He's as elite an athlete as it gets at our level. Okay, I'm not saying he's the best receiver in college football. And man, (laughs) I might need to slap my hand here. It might not be far off, but he is as quick and as athletic as any guy I've ever seen. And we've had some good receivers here in the past, but the other thing is he's an outstanding human being he's got high character treats everybody the same he's uh, uber competitive uh so he, he's got that gene so he is able to stretch and the thing I was thinking about this because I was thinking oh I wonder what uh, Bubba's gonna talk about and surely I knew McCaffrey would come up and this hit me for the first time so you're getting this original thought here Bubba but <laughs> The way McCaffrey is able to not rush things, he doesn't panic, and he doesn't if if he doesn't have a couple catches in the first quarter, it's not a big deal. If he's only got one catch middle of the second, it's not a big deal. But he can get a bunch of catches in a row. I encourage any fans out there to look at. His, he got the national catch of the Week against the Cougars where he was. He reached behind the Cougars DB that was right in his lap and made the catch he had another one-handed grab last week so he's 10 out of 10 uh, as far as an athlete and 10 out of 10 as far as a, a human being and I'm, I'm sure the the ecu db coaches in dc are gonna are uh, losing some sleep over over luke because he is uh he is quite the test out there and he's he's developed a lot of chemistry with, with jt daniels too
1: i mentioned how luke's averaging 18 and a half yards per reception you look at You know, a lot of these Owls receivers, Dean Connors, 16 for 194, two touchdowns. Braylon Walker, eight for 178, two touchdowns. And there are others you see, 17, 18, 19 yards per reception. Uh, You know, if you would elaborate a little on the Owls' uh, ability to make big plays in the passing game, because the running game outside of that game against Texas Southern has largely struggled.
2: Yeah, spade a spade, man. That's the way it is. That's the number one thing we've been talking about quite candidly behind the scenes. How do you get the running game going? And Connors is one of those backs. Uh, he led the team in rushing against the Cougars and led the team in receiving. And today at Coach Bloomgren's presser, uh, he joked about calling Dean, you're kind of my passing back. He's not the running back, but he's a uh, receiving back. I guess he the, the actual little term that he said, because he has those big catches uh, in a, in a big sequence, like I said earlier, when the game was really close there in Tampa last week, uh, the Owls forced a turnover and recovered it, got a touchback, got got the ball back at the twenty in a tense part of the game. First play, bam, Dean went 80 yards for a touchdown. So what Rice is not getting in the running game, they're making up for and getting some extra yards in the the passing game now. I don't want folks to, one, I don't want them to think I'm excuse making because I'm not that type of guy. But two, what Coach Blumgren says is just because we're not, we want to run the ball better. We have to run it in certain situations. But if it's 20 80, run to pass, or if it's 30 to 70, he said this in the presser. I'm okay with that. And he said, I've got to adjust my thinking with that. It's kind of a modern analytical thought. Yards are yards, essentially. So while he wants to run the football a lot more, the things they've been able to work up with Connors in the passing game has really offset that. Also in the wide receiving core, uh, Ross and McNeil had a career-high game, six catches. They've got a receiver, Matt Sykes, who um, hasn't done too much lately, but he's a big body. They think a lot about his future. Uh, But, yeah, you mentioned uh, Braylon Walker as well, too. Uh, He'll get a gob of yards. You blink and you look up, and he's got a 25, 30-yard catch. So it's mainly those guys. Rice uses the tight end, too. Bowden Groon has been a popular target for JT. uh, And Kobe Campbell missed last week, but he's been a deep threat for the Owls this year, too. So, yeah, they've stretched the ball downfield a lot more, and they've hoped that that... Will play out in the long run too. That that the the big threat in the medium to deep passing game can offset some of their struggles in the running game so far.
1: And tell us about the offensive line. Um, as you mentioned, throwing the ball a large percentage of the time um, with the without the uh, success in the ground game. So, uh, how has the offensive line held up? Has it been a matter of you know? They've passed blocked very well, but um, not so much as far as the run blocking.
2: Yeah, it's kind of – it's a mixed bag, to be blunt, but <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Um, and Coach said that we've got to win our one-on-ones. He said there will be a situation where they're just uh, a small fraction away from having a big gain, but it, it's just – it hasn't been there. And they're missing their left tackle the last couple of games. Clay Servin. He's expected to be back coming up this week. Uh, But up the middle, they've got Braden Nutter. He slid over to play center for the first time. They've got Brant Banks, who was Luke McCaffrey's roommate at Nebraska. And uh, he's playing left guard. Uh Lavelle Dumont was a transfer from Toledo. One of the best players in the Tampa area coming out of high school. And uh Ethan Onianwa is the right tackle. And, um, all the pundits and all the experts that you uh, believe that know about such draft things. Uh, Ethan is exp- uh, amazing guy to bio engineering major. Uh, I couldn't do one thing right on the athletic side, much less the academic old state school guy here. But uh, Ethan is another one of those good character guys, but uh, he'll be playing this game uh, for a long time. They just haven't had the good stretch out of the game against uh, FCS TSU. Uh, they allowed four sacks in the first three games, but then against a pretty good uh, defensive line in USF, they allowed four sacks. So they're still still looking for that consistency on the offensive line. Uh, but the way Daniels has been able to maneuver things, I guess I said this um, ad nauseum in a couple answers ago. The the the, the, the pa- quick passing game has been able to offset some of those uh, struggles that have come in the. Uh, on the offensive line blocking side of things shifting over
1: to take a look at the defense and and tell us um, tell us about how the owls approach it from a defensive standpoint Uh, i I see by the numbers you're giving up i want to say 140 145 yards per game on the ground 3.9 yards per carry so uh, not great not terrible either uh So they've been decent against the run, um, giving up 420 yards overall, uh, 31.8 points per game. Um, uh, I see some names such as Morrison, Coco, and Carroll uh, stood out.
2: Yeah, Coco's been a great addition on the defensive line. Uh, DeBraylen Carroll, who I've gotten to know pretty well, he was at the podium today for Rice and uh, a little fact I didn't know all those guys are working on their NBA uh, at Rice. So uh, they've got noggins on them, and uh, Josh Piercy led the team in sacks last year, co-captain. He's on the other side. Uh, Carroll gets a lot of that push uh, on the D-line, uh, and Coco is uh, was an all-Patriot League first-team guy. He's probably been their most consistent guy getting pressure off the edge uh, this year. Um, but, yeah, they've they've given up the the big issue though has been the big play versus the pass i think i said this a few minutes ago the they were just getting beat up top too much and coach bloomgren conceded that they just did not handle the tempo as well as they should have when south florida snapping at seven and nine seconds and uh that accumulated and they gave up a lot of big plays over the top so in the phrase that was said a couple of times today by coach you got to play better from the top down so I think if they can negate some of the potential deep threat from ECU, I think that would make the numbers look even better. Um, but on a whole, this has been a very sturdy defense. That was that was what made last week pretty strange. And I don't know if it was all the tempo, but Rice's defense had been the calling card the first uh, few games. They lived even above expectations these first a uh, few weeks but yeah you mentioned the linebacking core conti uh guy tyson flowers has played well lately play wyatt in that extra kind of hybrid linebacker safety the owls call it their viper position uh he's played uh really well too but their uh their safeties a guy named jojo Jean switched over from corner he's made some good plays uh sean french uh excuse me sean fresh um he is uh he's been thrown at some and even last week but uh, he's a the really a really good cover corner, and uh, Treshawn Devone's on the other side. So they've just got to uh, do better against the deep ball this year and get back to as uh, the sturdy defense that they were in that first uh, part of the season.
1: Yeah, definitely an intriguing matchup. Um, as I'm sure you've found out in your prep for this game, uh, East Carolina has struggled to create – explosive plays this year on offense and you could probably count the number of passes the Pirates have uh, on one hand um, through four games um, plays that is over 20 yards uh, in the passing game and plays in general for that matter so yeah definitely in East Carolina offense where you've had to be very consistent and drive the ball the length of the field because those explosive plays that the Pirates had last year with the likes of uh Keaton Mitchell are are certainly absent thus far, but um, also wanted to mention the special teams. I see your kicker, just four attempts through four games. He's two for four with a long of 48. Uh, And then also, you know, tell us about your punter and what you um, present as far as your coverage units and return units.
2: Uh, Tim Horn is the kicker you were talking about. Uh, he missed two field goals last week at USF, and that by no means was, um, the the reason that they, uh, lost in the game specifically. It didn't help things, but it it wasn't the reason. Uh, he is, he had come in, he was just the kickoff guy last year, but he's been handling both duties. Um, the punter is Connor Hunt. Um, weird thing is they're both Hawaii guys and Dean Connors, who we talked about also has that Hawaii connection too. That's kind of a weird, weird mashup, how it all came together that way. But Hunt uh, was an all conference punter at Georgetown and uh, he's been sturdy for them. He's averaged in the mid forties this year and uh, only had one touchback and uh, horn has been a really good kickoff guy, but just looking to get in his groove on the, uh, on the placement side of things been perfect on PATs. Uh, they've also got a young guy named Enoch Gota, who is a former soccer star here in the Houston area. He's been kicking He, he was lights out in the uh, on the kickoff side of things um against uh, Texas Southern as and I'll credit you, no one ever asks about the uh, return game side of things. I'm going to my uh, spotting board now and just to mm-hmm. on the as far as the coverages, but uh, Sean Fresh in returns, um, they just don't. Get a lot of returns. Uh, I always yap. I feel like an old man shaking my fist at a cloud. They just don't get a lot of return opportunities. So Fresh will return some punts. but um, And, of course, I didn't put it on this uh, sheet here, but he only has a handful of actual punt returns on the season, and he hasn't broken one yet. But Fresh, the main guy. Dean Connors, uh, the Hawaii speedster we talked about earlier, he'll be back there uh, some too. Lou McCaffrey every now and then would be back there returning some kicks and punts, but mainly it's been fresh. And on the coverage side, uh, Chike Anabogu is their best special teams coverage guy. He's a co-captain. He also plays backing up to Myron Morrison, uh, their second leading tackle in the linebacking core. But uh, Chike has been a special teams dynamo the last uh, few seasons. Uh, and Al's practice a lot of flexibility in that sense. They play a lot of their... Uh, two deep guys on special teams, and they've got a new special teams coordinator, Pete Alomar, who Coach Bloomgren calls one of the best in the nation. And he came over from Stanford, not with coach, but just this first year. And uh, he's regarded with his units uh, among the best in the country. So Owls have always been pretty sturdy on special teams. They're just trying to get it more consistent on the kicking side of things.
1: Appreciate your time, JP. A couple more questions for you. Taking a look at the big picture of Rice Athletics and coming back into a league with East Carolina and some familiar names um, back 12 to 15 years ago from the Conference USA days. uh, The last time these programs met um, was back in Ruffin McNeil's first year when Rice um, blew out the Pirates there at Rice Stadium in 2010. But, uh, you know, what's the general the thoughts of um you know early returns on the american
2: oh it's amazing i i like it because while first off um i was really stunned in the off season and saddened and deepest condolences extended to the uh, pirate family for jeff charles passing away because i got to know him pretty well uh when i started broadcasting rice baseball and uh when i was doing rice football and basketball and and still had known jeff forever uh that just crushed me but but having those types of relationships across the conference with other folks reunited it's been great and from a regionality sense is that right you think the rice guy would have great grammar but playing smu i guess for now but having tulane in there utsa coming back over we've got a little uh i-10 dust up with them brewing um, I I love it. I love having that regionality again, and having some of that old flavor. Like like you guys, I'm sure will will kick up some dust there with Charlotte, and having uh, some of those rivalries renewed or, or start in whoever that would be. So I I love it. I, I'm all in favor of it, and I think it was I kind of not singularly. I, I typed it into my computer to wonder how many days it had been, but 702 days from the time the announcement when we finally got to play our first American game last week, and so, so glad to be in the American. It's, it's, it's been fun in the, the small sample size and, and can't wait for the, the future as well.
1: Final thing for you, any, Pir- any Pirate fans who may be traveling to Houston for the game this weekend, you know, what's a spot or two? What are some things that they should uh, take in, be it a restaurant, uh, perhaps, you know, a local establishment or some other uh, sites they should see?
2: Finally, you get to the most important question, Bubba, the the first for the exactly. last. Exactly. Save the best for last. Yeah, come on. Now, uh, what are we talking? Uh, I'm going to talk some trash towards Ian. You've been so generous letting me come on your show. Do you want the real Texas barbecue? Uh, none of that North <laughs> Carolina stuff, or do you want some good Tex-Mex? You want to give me you some of both? Uh, how do you want to do Some it? of
1: both. Some of both. Let's go uh, some of some of your barbecue uh and then also some Tex-Mex would be great as well
2: uh if you're willing to drive a bit south on 288 my favorite barbecue place anywhere is Killen's uh barbecue truth barbecue in the heights that's more north that's a little bit north I'm a guy I don't mind traveling for some good grub. so Killen's barbecue north uh and truth truth barbecue north and Killins barbecue a little bit south it's about a 30 minute drive from houston but everything in houston's at least 30 minutes away the pit room closer to rice stadium kind of the midtown area uh the pit room is really good it's kind of got the tejano flavor uh in bel air here you're catching me uh what is it blood brothers uh closer to rice stadium so if you're looking for more of a pre-game meal uh, Blood Brothers in Bel Air, Langford Grocery is really good. There's two different locations. The original, it, the the new Langford Grocery is in Bel Air. The the old kind of wobbly floor Langford Grocery might be tough to get into on a Saturday, but that's closer, more up towards uh, downtown. Uh, Tex Mex. Uh, we probably don't have enough episodes to cover all that, but I'd say El Tiempo Cantina would be the uh, if you're if you're looking for some good high dollar tex-mex in there too so man you're making me work here i had to go deep in the uh reservoir there
1: appreciate the recommendations and appreciate the time uh we'll certainly look forward to having you back on um hopefully are are you you the voice in basketball as well
2: yeah if they keep me around uh 12th year doing this uh 16th year of baseball I saw not to ruin too many things. I don't know if it's been released yet, but we're coming there for baseball at the end of the year. So uh, yeah, uh, football, basketball, baseball, coaches' shows uh, as well. So uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for let me let me come on.
1: Yeah, appreciate the little breaking news. Isn't- baseball scheduling tidbit there uh, obviously as you know pirate fans love their baseball and if you've done it 16 years uh, you, you'll recall uh, when these programs were in the league before and um, we, we hosted the conference USA tournament at Clark Leclaire Stadium uh, you know here's hoping the owls get back to where they were uh, under coach Graham on the diamond but uh, you know tell folks how they can follow you on social media um, formerly Twitter now X uh, as you see there at the top of the screen
2: yeah um at rice house voice uh my, my rice account and i'm a crazy cowboys fan so i keep some of my cowboys and rangers rants on my personal twitter mr texas jp also have a little bitty podcast the texas porch as well too for some, we talk barbecue bubba uh as well that's how i was able to go deep deep in the recesses <laughs> of the noggin but yeah thanks for uh, allowing me to share that too
1: Appreciate you spending a half hour with us, and we'll catch up with you during basketball season.
2: Thank you, brother. Appreciate you.
1: That is J.P. Heath, the play-by-play voice of the Rice Owls. Appreciate him spending a half hour with us this afternoon, uh, taking a look at this matchup between the Pirates and the Rice Owls on Saturday night, 7 o'clock kickoff, 7 Eastern, uh, 6 Central. From Rice Stadium, uh, the storied stadium, um, very small crowd will likely be on hand. That's uh, typically the case. Um, but uh, that, that is a stadium that has quite a bit of history, uh, having hosted a Super Bowl. And uh, so that that is a, a venue that would be uh, neat to go to, uh, despite um, many times not not having a very uh, large crowd and uh, much of an atmosphere. But uh, appreciate jp's time and look forward to having him back to talk some basketball uh here in the next couple months um that will do it for us tonight on our pirate preview uh we'll join you later in the week Uh, we'll have just another sports podcast in addition to sunny and simenza headed your way on wednesday night uh and then uh quite possibly some other content between now And Saturday, and then, of course, Sunday, we'll have our Pirate football playback where we take a look back at what will hopefully be a win in the season opener for the Pirates against Rice. But uh, for Dave Richmond, Kyle Barber, and Matt Semenza, you've been watching and listening to the Sports Objective podcast. I'm Bob Rosebaum, and we'll talk to you next time. And as always, go Pirates. Don't back down, not at all. Find out when the cannons explode.
4: From the sidelines down to the post. Put it down like not even close. All out to
0: the
2: last whistle, blow. From the black, for the soul, and for Rose. Everybody stand up, get your hands up. let a team know that we got their back. This is our house, this is our town, our top, every one, I copy that. Everybody in the stands go at feet loud, baby, don't hold back. Every front, every yard, every first down, every touchdown when the cannons blast. Get it on, get it all, get the wave going. like the hurricane